بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Assalamu alaikum Welcome to the Zaytuna College Ramadan podcast During this blessed month we invite you to join the faculty staff and guests of Zaytuna College as they reflect upon timeless reminders from the Quran and the Islamic tradition Today's episode is by Dr. Ali Atai, who teaches comparative religion and Quranic sciences at Zaytuna College. Who are the predecessors who fasted as we do now? How was fasting prescribed upon our spiritual ancestors? In this episode, Dr. Atai discusses the role of fasting in Christian sacred history and the lessons we can take from that history today. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh In the second segment in our series entitled Fasting in Sacred History we will focus primarily on the topic of fasting in the Christian tradition If the Torah or Pentateuch is the most important sacred text for Jews the four gospels of the New Testament are the most important for Christians I should mention quickly beforehand that these four Gospels are actually anonymous, but later attributed to two disciples of Jesus, peace be upon him, Matthew and John, as well as the two students of two apostles, Mark and Luke, the former a student of Peter and the latter a student of Paul. We should also know that these Gospels were most likely written between the years 70 and 100 of the Common Era by highly educated Greek-speaking Christians. This places the composition of the Gospels well after the composition of the Pauline corpus, and thus the four evangelists were noticeably influenced by Paul's Christology to a certain and significant extent. But even with this said, both the Gospels of Matthew and Luke tell us that Jesus, peace be upon him, fasted in the wilderness for 40 days prior to his public ministry. In this, he was imitating his predecessor Moses, who fasted for 40 days and 40 nights while receiving the Torah on Mount Sinai, as I stated in the previous segment. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is reported to have said, When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. First of all, notice that Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast. In other words, it is understood that the early followers of Jesus fasted and that they fasted on a regular basis. Secondly, the hypocrites or hypocrites that are condemned in this verse are the Pharisees, many of whom were only concerned about making an outward show of piety in order to impress other human beings. Jesus further said, according to Matthew, everything they do is to be seen of men. This is called ostentation or ria, and it is considered one of the most toxic diseases of the heart. In fact, according to many of our ulama, ostentation is the last disease to leave the heart of a scholar. The Prophet Muhammad said in a hadith related by Imam Ibn Majah, that even the slightest amount of ostentation is tantamount to shirk or association of others with Allah. In another hadith, the Prophet is reported to have said, Indeed, I fear for you the lesser association, 
Ashirk al Asghar. His companions asked, What is the lesser association? The Prophet responded, Arriya ostentation. He continued, On the day of judgment, God will say to those who sought reward from Him, Idhabu ila ladina kuntum turauna fid dunya, fanzuru hal tajiduna indahum jaza'an. Go to those whom you were trying to impress in the world and see. Do you find a reward with them? The Prophet further said, Man sama yura'i faqad ashraka. Whoever fasts to be seen of men out of ostentation, indeed he has in partnered with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jesus continues according to Matthew, But you, meaning his followers, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, then no one will know that you are fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. This reminds me of the famous Hadith Qudsi in the Islamic tradition, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As-sawmu li wa ana ajzibi. Fasting is mine, and it is I who gives reward for it. Now don't let the word father here throw you for a loop. One of the titles of God in the Hebrew Bible is father. Isaiah prays, Atta Adonai Avinu, you are the Lord, our father. Jesus prayed, Avunde Vashmayo Nithqatashmuch, in Aramaic, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This term is figurative and denotes a God who sustains his creation out of love, just as an earthly father provides for his family out of love. So in the language of the Bible, at least in many instances, Ab means Rab. In Matthew 17, we read that the disciples were unable to exercise a demon from a young boy. When they asked Jesus why they couldn't do it, he responded, Because of your unbelief, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is most likely a hyperbolic way of emphasizing the potency of true faith in God. But the means by which one may attain this powerful level of faith is revealed in the very next verse. Jesus said, However, this kind of demon won't leave except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. In fact, in Catholic as well as Eastern Orthodox tradition, the so-called three pillars of piety, or triad of righteousness, are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, or salah, som, and zakah. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, promulgated by Pope John Paul II, states in paragraph 2043, quote, You shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church, end quote. Of course, right now, Christians are in the season of Lent. Lent is a 40-day or so observance during which time Christians from all around the world engage in additional prayer, penance, and self-mortification in preparation for Easter Sunday. In imitation of Jesus' 40-day fast in the Judean desert, Christians during Lent give up a pleasure or luxury of some sort. 
in order to discipline the self, empathize with the poor, and increase in gratitude to God who gives to us even though we are undeserving. This is called the Lenten sacrifice. Common types of Lenten sacrifices are giving up chocolate, soft drinks, or alcohol. Other Christians abstain from meat consumption or social media. The goal of the Lenten sacrifice is to decrease their dependency upon the things of this world so that they can focus upon the things of the next world. Currently, the Catholic Church mandates that faithful Catholics must fast on at least two days during Lent. These are Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, and Good Friday, the Friday before Easter, when Christians believe Jesus was crucified. However, when I say fast in the context of Lent, I do not mean it in the sense of a Muslim or Jewish fast where people neither eat nor drink from dawn to dusk. The Lenten fast does not involve total abstention from food, but rather a curtailment of food consumption. Generally, there are two ways in which Catholics will fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Number one, they will skip a meal, have a light second meal, then a full third meal, or Number two, they will have one full meal and two light meals. In addition to these two Lenten fast days, there are also a few Lenten days of abstinence that Catholics must observe. These are Ash Wednesday and Lenten Fridays, that is, Fridays during Lent. During these days, Catholics will totally abstain from eating meat. The reason is because the eating of meat is usually associated with feasting. And since Friday was the day of the crucifixion according to the Gospels, it is rather a solemn day of remembrance and reflection. Sunday is the feast day due to the resurrection. At least two of the early church fathers, Tertullian of Carthage and Hippolytus of Rome, also insisted that Christians should fast before receiving the Eucharist or Holy Communion. The ancient practice of the church was to begin fasting from midnight the night before in order to prepare the faithful for the gravity of participating in the sacrament. This was reduced over the years, and now Canon Law number 919, section 1, states the following. A person who is to receive the Most Holy Eucharist is to abstain for at least one hour before Holy Communion from any food and drink except for only water and medicine. In Eastern Orthodox Christianity, there are basically two levels of fasting during Lent. The first level is called the monastic fast and was traditionally only practiced by the monks. This involves abstaining from all animals in every way, so no meat, fish, eggs, or milk. Basically, only beans, nuts, and berries are allowed. The second level of fasting is a simple reduction of food intake to cut back on food portions so that hunger is always a bit present. The Gospels indicate that the Pharisees at the time of Jesus, peace be upon him, used to fast twice a week. In a beautiful parable in the Gospel of Luke called the Pharisee and the tax collector or the Pharisee and the publican, Jesus is reported to have said the following. Two men went to the temple to pray, 
One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, and I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of my income. Jesus continued, But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Jesus concluded, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In this parable, Jesus was not condemning the Pharisee because he fasted twice a week. The Jesus of Matthew's Gospel is certainly no antinomian Messiah. In fact, in Matthew 5, Jesus tells his disciples that their adherence to the law of God must exceed that of a scribe or Pharisee. According to the Didache, which some of the early church fathers consider to be authentic, the early Christians also fasted twice a week on Mondays and Fridays. The Jews in Jesus' day fasted on Mondays and Thursdays, however. Rather, Jesus was condemning the Pharisee because of his self-righteousness and arrogance. His concluding statement, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted, is repeated almost verbatim by the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, in a hadith related by Imam al-Bayhaqi. مَنْ تَوَادَ عَلِ اللَّهِ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ تَكَبَّرَ وَضَعَهُ اللَّهِ أو كَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةِ وَالسَّلَامِ This is because as Muslims we believe that the theological and ethical core of the teachings of all the prophets was the same. One of the most interesting references to fasting in the Qur'an appears in Surah Maryam or chapter Mary. We are told that when Mary, peace be upon her, gave birth to Jesus, peace be upon him, a voice commanded her to eat, drink, and be consoled. The voice further said to her, If you see any human being, say, Indeed, I have vowed a fast unto the compassionate. I shall not speak this day to any man. So when Mary brought the infant Jesus into the sight of her family, she pointed to her son, فَأَشَارَتْ إِلَيْهِ And Jesus spoke, identifying himself as a servant and prophet of God. إِنِّي عَبْدُ اللَّهِ While at the same time testifying to the truthfulness of his mother. Mary's vow to fast was probably a variation of what's known as the vow of the Nazarite. This is explained in the book of Numbers chapter 6. In the Quranic phrase, Inni nadartu lirrahmani sawman, the verb nadartu is cognate to nazar in Hebrew, meaning to make a vow. However, when the verb is followed by a prepositional phrase consisting of a lamid or lamb and the name of God, it means to consecrate or dedicate oneself to God, as in nazarti li adunai or nadartu lirrahman. This is what Mary did. According to Imam al-Tabari, 
Mary dedicated herself to God by abstaining from speech as well as from food and drink. In Jewish tradition, women would often take a vow of the Nazarite as a thanksgiving for the birth of a child. In our next segment, we will look at fasting in the Islamic tradition, insha'Allah. Until then, Godspeed. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to the Zaytuna College Ramadan podcast. Help root Islamic scholarship in the soil of America by visiting zaytuna.edu forward slash support.